Now back to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Terrorism, the hydra of our time. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carroll, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Well, I know you're wondering what I am talking about, perhaps. Um, as you may or may not know, a hydra is a serpent, uh, a serpentine water monster from Greek and Roman mythology. And later on, they added the aspect of regeneration to it, so that for every head that's chopped off, the hydra grows a couple more. Da da da. Well, that's certainly, certainly, certainly true of, of terrorism. Uh, we, for a while, we were, and even now, certainly we have gathered back a lot of territory um, in Syria and Iraq, and that's great, from ISIS, but um, obviously even there, the, the problems are uh, not over. We just, uh, in my last podcast, I just talked to you about um, the Syrian, the chemicals that were released in Syria, that um, aspect of terrorism. And, but besides what's happening in the Middle East, we could talk about that for days, besides what's happening in the Middle East, there are so many other aspects of terrorism where, um, you know, we, we, unfortunately, uh, the mainstream media concentrates on, and even, even, even there, it's not as much as it should be, but um, we hear more about terrorism in regard to the Middle East and not as much in regard to the West. Um, even when we had, it was astounding, for example, when we had the Halloween terror attack at Ground Zero this past year, this past Halloween, um, it was out of the headlines in three days. It was absurd. And of course, the, um, the particularly most absurd aspect of it was when they interviewed uh, the principal of one of the schools near the Halloween terror attack, and she said, oh yes, uh, I'm going to have my teachers look at the kids and make sure, see if anybody is having problems, um, you know, since this attack. And yes, we're going to be very sensitive to it. And then she said, but we are not going to mention the word terrorism, which of course is absurd. But I digress. <laughs> I want to talk about some other things, aspects of terrorism that has that have been in the news recently that are um, one thing that I'm going to talk about that's getting, that is indeed uh, getting better, although certainly by no means um, has it eradicated the problem. But then I'm going to tell you about some little known things that are happening, um, which shows that at a very personal level, a one-to-one -one level that's involving children, terrorism, the impact of terrorism has gotten much worse. So first let's talk about the sort of good thing. And that is um, that Twitter has banned 270,000 accounts for promoting terrorism. Now, <laughs> that headline alone, you know, you're, you're, I'm sure, I know what you're thinking, that's a good thing. I mean, yes, just think about that. Um, 270,000 accounts they found and they banned 
for promoting terrorism. How many more accounts do you think there might be um, that are promoting terrorism or that will now spring up just like the Hydra to promote terrorism? But what they're saying is um, that this amount, 270,000, is less than what there was. This was in the second half of 2017. And that is better than what there was in the first half of 2017. This is the number of accounts that were permanently suspended for sharing what they called extremist content. And so that was a drop in the number of accounts that they had to suspend. I mean, either there are less accounts or they're not, they're not as good suspending them or not, uh, not counting certain ones as part of terrorism. In any case, the Twitter is saying that it's due to years of hard work making our site an undesirable place for those seeking to promote terrorism. So let's give them the benefit of the doubt for now. Um, they are saying that, um, that the, the, Twi the Twitter UK, the head of public policy for Twitter UK said, the overwhelming majority of these accounts were detected by our own technology and just 0.2% of the accounts we suspended in 2017 were flagged by the police. Now again, you could either think of that as great, you know, Twitter's doing a great job, or the police are doing a pretty lousy job. Um, again, trying to stay positive here. Um, they, Twitter says that almost 75% of accounts were suspended before they sent their first tweet. And 93% were discovered by tools the Twitter engineers had built. And they're also finding a change in the type of abusive behavior reported. So two thirds of the 10,000 reports concerned about rules, these people, these, these accounts violated rules over impersonation. And only 16% were violated their rules for harassment and 12% for hateful conduct. And in the first part of 2017, harassment and hateful contact each accounted for a third. So in other words, uh, harassment and hateful conduct went down and um, the percentage for impersonation went up. So in other words, that would be terrorists trying to impersonate themselves as non-terrorists, presumably. Um, they, Twitter joined with a group called the Global Internet Forum to Counter Terrorism uh, to drive change across the web. And they, um, they had permanently suspended more than 1.2 million accounts for breaking rules about promoting terrorism since August 2015. So in the last um, uh, almost three years, there were 1.2 million, million accounts that broke rules about promoting terrorism. So, you know, I mean, on the one hand, this is sort of positive news in terms of cutting off one head of the, of the Hydra or a few heads of the Hydra or 270,000 heads, but there were altogether, they have um, had to cut off 1.2 million heads. And you know, how, how hard is it to start to put up another account? I mean, to open a Twitter account, you know that that doesn't take a whole lot of time. Anyhow, um, on the other hand, uh, 
there are things going on, and this is just, you know, I picked Germany as an example because um, it is certainly, I'm sure you have heard about uh, the problems in Germany, although again, as I said, the mainstream media doesn't do a lot to actually make it so that you hear about it. Um, but you know that um, Chancellor Merkel has has opened the, the gates, opened the doors to Germany, basically, um, for immigrants to come in. And presumably you've heard about immigrants raping women, like there was something on New Year's Eve, um, particularly the year before this past New Year's Eve. Uh, this past New Year's Eve, there was a little more, uh, there were more police and so on to try to prevent it from happening again. But I, I trust that you heard about the countless women who were raped on the New Year's Eve before by the immigrants. And the problem is, and, and I know what you're thinking, I am not racist, <laughs> um, but at the same time, people coming from some of these countries do not have the same cultural norms. That is just, um, that's just the way it is. And um, so these laws that we have, rules that we have, uh, particularly about violent behavior and so on, aren't really uh, the same or aren't as strict or lots of things are, are just uh, let go, allowed to happen in, the, in a lot of the countries, most of the countries, that these immigrants um, and terrorists are coming in from. And we certainly know there have been uh, increases in terrorist attacks in countries from the UK to France to Germany in particular, where they have been allowing in, um, where the, the immigration problem um, has been, has gotten worse. Okay, now here's the other side of the coin, however, as they are working in their way to um, combat terrorism. At the same time, there are these things that are happening all over the world um, where terrorism is raising its head, like the Hydra, uh, in different ways that are equally horrendous, that you know, impact us, impact our society, impact Western society um, in, a, in different ways, but equally horrendous ways. Now, in particular, I'm talking about news that has come out of Germany recently about the bullying in German schools particularly in Berlin's heavily migrant populated areas. And it has increased tremendously, drastically. And there are students, um, German students, you know, it's their country, um, and they are being threatened and beaten simply because they're German and not Muslim. Now, I'm not making this up, folks. You can look it up. Uh, it is pretty horrific. Teachers in schools across Berlin are getting extremely concerned uh, about this bullying from migrant background Muslim children towards German children who are, who are now in the minority in Germany. They're in the minority because the migrants have overrun the German schools and German areas in, in certain places like in Berlin apparently, or certain schools in Berlin and the public schools. Um, there are, there's one child, for example, a seventh grader in Berlin's Schoenberg district that, um, who has spoken out, he's, he's anonymous, but he has spoken out to the media. To, he did an interview 
with a, a newspaper in Berlin, and he has talked about how he has gotten bullied and beaten up simply for being German. And he said, quote, I'm in seventh grade in a high school in Schoenberg. There I am marginalized because I am German and eat pork. They swear in Turkish and Arabic about me. In German, I am insulted as a son of a bitch or a effed whore. In addition, I am sometimes beaten and kicked. If I get too close to other boys, they call me gay and kick me. Then he continued, he said, girls in my class are called sluts when they wear strapless shirts. I've been trying to change school for many months, but cannot find a free place to go to school. The school office and the school do not help me. Now that's, boy, that, that part is, I mean, it's bad enough <laughs> uh, what I was talking about. You know, it's bad enough that he is being bullied and beaten up and so on. But um, to not have the school office and school help him. I mean, this is, this is sort of the flip side of the coin, this political correctness that I've, I've said for a long time that the United States is going to die because of political correctness. We are going to be murdered. We are murdering ourselves. And it's, it's, at this point, it's worse even, or, well, I don't know worse, but it's very bad in, in Europe as well. And that um, people are not, people are afraid, people in power who could do something, not everybody, but a lot of the people in power are afraid to um, be considered politically incorrect. Now, there are many teachers, I mean, it's interesting, he said the school office and the school do not help me. But there are some teachers in Berlin who have spoken out. And they, um, there's one in particular, Hildegard Greif Gross, who is the director of the Peter Peterson Elementary School in Nukolm. Nukolin, Nukolm, <laughs> something like that. Um, uh, anyhow, who said that young pupils can be bullied for as little as bringing a ham sandwich to school as part of their pack lunch. So, you know, um, ham, pigs are uh, considered unclean by uh, the Muslim religion. And if a child, you know, if, if mother, if a mother happens to, um, to uh, send a ham sandwich, and you know, I've lived in Europe for years, um, as I, I think I've talked about before here. I lived in Belgium for three years, Paris for two and a half years, the UK for um, several months, four, four months or so. And so, um, and I've been back to these places. And so I know that, I mean, the one, the one thing that's sort of a staple, of course, in Europe, and in all of these countries, well, um, you know, cheese and ham sandwiches, that's like kind of basic. So, of course, you're going to have many parents packing lunches with ham in it. Um, especially, you know, in Germany, there are all kinds of different ham and stuff. Anyhow, so these kids get bring their sandwich, bring their lunch, and they get beaten up. Now, there's also, in addition to Germans being beaten up um, for not being Muslim, Jewish students have been singled out for getting even more bullying and being beaten up even more. There is uh, a Jewish, as an example, a Jewish pupil in Berlin was forced to change schools because of constant bullying and threats that eventually led to him being beaten. 
and his story is very sad. Um, he, his parents, uh, he, he, he's a 14 year old child, well, teenager, um, who was born to a, to a, born in London, uh, to a British mother and a German father. And they decided to move, the parents decided to move from London to Berlin. And uh, they put him in a school that was um, a public school where there were people, children from all different backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. And, um, you know, they, they liked this. They thought it would be good for him. But this, this student um, who was essentially driven out of his school, um, he was kicked and punched by students of Middle Eastern and Turkish origin. So many times he was left fearing for his life. And um, one of the students who attacked him threatened him to shoot him with a mock gun that this student believed was real at the time. Now, his name is Ferdinand. He has given his name, I guess, because he did move to another school. Uh, his mother was named Gemma, and in London, she was an entrepreneur. His father was Wenzel, a, a human rights organizer. I mean, do you see the irony there? Here he's trying to help people with human rights, and his son gets beaten up in school for being Jewish. So they chose a multicultural environment for their son's schooling. And until recently, they uh, hosted a Syrian refugee in their home in Berlin. I mean, you know, all of this, the irony and the sadness of all of this. Uh, now, Ferdinand said, when he first got to the school, he said, I love the fact that the school was multicultural. The kids and teachers were so cool. But within a week of being there, last November, um, at a school where almost three quarters of the students are from immigrant families, his troubles began after he let it slip that he was Jewish. Quote, first my Turkish friend, Emre, said he could no longer hang out with me because I was Jewish. Then other pupils started saying stereotypical things about how Jews only want money and hate Muslims. Then he started getting daily beatings by a gang of pupils, all immigrants, and the beatings were accompanied by racial insults. Um, there was a boy named Jassin whose parents are Palestinian, and he asked me if I'm from Israel. He, and he said, I've never been to Israel. He said, Palestine will burn Israel, and his friend said, Turkey will burn Israel. He kept kicking me. Uh, and Ferdinand continued, he said, one day he came up to me from behind and he punched me in the back. I became dizzy. I had a bruise for a week or two. Every time something bad happened, I told myself I could manage it, but it only got worse. Um, just when we are trying to get one aspect of terrorism under control and somewhat calmed or muted, uh, it pops up in other ways that um, we might not have expected. And I was talking uh, particularly about the examples in German schools where German students and um, Jewish students are getting beaten up, getting um, called all kinds of names, and really, um, really being bullied uh, very viciously.
So, um, the, in fact, the, the um, percentages, uh, the amount of anti-Semitism uh, has increased tremendously in Germany. There, um, the, the number of people who agreed with anti-Semitic statements rose from 28% in 2014 to 40% in 2016. And presumably it has continued to go up. Now, um, there, are, there are other examples of religious bullying or, um, I mean, not just, or, or religious in terms of terrorists. <laughs> I mean, where do these students, it's really sad because, you know, on the one hand, um, the way to stop Islamophobia, the way to stop any kind of prejudice, racial prejudice, prejudice against blacks, any kind of uh, group prejudice against any kind of religion or ethnic background, the best way to try to stop it is to get to the children, is to start at the youngest ages when children come into school and help them to see, um, to make friends with people, other students from, from different backgrounds so that then they grow up not hating or fearing, really. It comes from being fearful of people from other cultures. And if they've been friends with them in kindergarten, then chances are they will grow up to not be racist. But here we hear about um, kids in school uh, in Berlin, and you know I'm sure it is not only, I know it is not only in Berlin, but these are the examples that I'm talking about today, um, and where this bullying and this hatred starts so early on. Um, if, if the child brings in, you know, these kids, these German kids, um, putting aside, you know, you, I mean, if, you know, the idea of it being Jewish children, but even just German children who aren't Jewish, it's happening to them too. And for all they did was bring a ham sandwich to lunch. It's not like they started a fight or that they called the immigrants um, some kind of racist names. They were minding their own business um, until their country and their schools became flooded with these immigrants who have totally different ways of, of um, thinking that it's correct to act in society. So another, more examples of this, um, I mean, even, you know, this woman that I mentioned before, Hildegard Grief Gross, who's the director of the Peter Peterson Elementary School, uh, you know, she's talking about it's happening in elementary schools. So uh, she said, even gummy bears are not considered clean um, because of the, of the use of gelatin. And... Um, and, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's really nothing, because, because, uh, because racism, hatred, um, is so, it really, it really isn't a logical kind of thing. It is totally emotional. So that's why something as ridiculous as gummy bears um, could be used as a reason that bullies could use to, to beat up these other kids. Um, Then the, the school playgrounds, um, there was, they, they've been using more and more uh, the phrase, you Jew, it's become a common insult. And in general, just in general, the level of violence in some schools 
um, all kinds of violence in these German schools has become an increasing cause for concern. And um, in some schools, there are 99% of the students who come from migrant backgrounds. And in, in this particular school, uh, the Schoenberg Spreewald Elementary School, for example, where there are 99% of the students who come from migrant backgrounds, they were forced to hire a security company because of a rise in violence among students and directed at staff. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, uh, if you haven't, I recommend that you look for videos on the internet that show um, immigrants coming into countries and um, being, there was, there's one, for example, uh, showing immigrants landing in Italy and Greece and just taking over towns by being violent because that was what was more the norm in the countries that they came from, or at least they weren't going to be punished for it because, because there were too many people doing it. Um, yes, I know what you're thinking. That I'm sure it's, uh, this is offensive to, uh, <laughs> to some people, but I am concerned that, I mean, yes, it would be great if people could come in, if we could open our doors and people could come in from these countries where, you know, they're having uh, financial problems, all kinds of problems, um, and we could just open our doors and absorb them. But they come with, with, they bring these problems and these ways, this violent way of acting with them. And there, there hasn't been, and it would be very difficult to have, but certainly up to now, there has not been uh, good efforts, well, perhaps good efforts, but it has not worked um, to get these people um, acculturated, get, get them to get them to fit in to our society, which of course makes the immigrants even more angry and more violent because they feel that they're not being treated equally. Um, but at the same time, they're not willing to change their language, learn the language, to, um, to, to become more civilized. Um, and, so, and so that is why there are these problems. Now where are these kids coming into elementary school get the idea that it's okay to beat up other kids for being German, for bringing ham, for, for just sitting there and being German instead of being a Muslim immigrant? Obviously it all comes from their parents. So this is a huge, huge problem. And when you let people into a country in droves, it is particularly hard to get them more acclimated to the, kind, to the culture of the country. Now, here's another um, example. In the UK, um, the, there was a, there's a new poet laureate, the Young People's Laureate. And her name is Mamtaza Mary. And she has attacked Britain in her writings for, unquote, unbridled Islamophobia, unquote, and established racism. She's 24 years old, and um, she, you know, has, has talked about how hard it is for her. Um, she talks about staying home on the 7th of July. You know, 7-7 was uh, London's 9-11. And so there, she talks about how it's so dangerous for, for her as a black Muslim to come out in the street on 7-7. I mean, you know, really, um, 
I was there. <laughs> My first book about terrorism was published in London on the first year anniversary of 7-7. I didn't see any of these. Um, that was in 2006. I mean, yes, presumably things may have gotten, certainly things have gotten more tense since then, but still, um, you know, it was their first 9-11 kind of type attack, and if there was going to be some kind of backlash towards Muslims, you would certainly have expected it to be then. So she's complaining that London is Islamophobic and all that, and she wins a prize for her poetry about all of that. And um, at the same time, in another piece of news, right, at the same time as she is being announced as the Poet Laureate, there's news and there's always news about London terrorists. There are always things going on in, in London. It's amazing that there hasn't been more, um, more terrorist attacks. But for example, there were two um, terrorist brothers who wanted to become martyrs for ISIS in Syria. And they practiced by doing paintballing. And um, she, this, their name were, uh, it was Yusuf, Al-Siad and um, his brother, um, Ahmed. And uh, they wrote, they did a, made a video from a paintball camp and they said, if we do not come back safe and sound, look after our families. Anyhow, Yusuf is 18 and he sent an encrypted message that he wanted to become, a, now these are people in London, ah, I want to make that clear. These are people who were arrested and, uh, and jailed in London. Um, so, so Yusuf talking about kids who are, um, you know, having terrorist plans or acting out as terrorists. Um, he, so Yusuf, his older brother Ahmed, who was 20, was part of a group of at least five teenagers accused of supporting ISIS. And in London, he was just... Um, Ahmed, the older brother, was, was jailed for four and a half years after pleading guilty to collection of terrorist information, preparation of terrorist acts, and dissemination of terrorist publications. And then Yusuf, the younger brother, admitted the preparation of terrorist acts and dissemination of terrorist publications, and he's going to be sentenced later. So now, um, you know, yes, does Islamophobia exist in London and in um, and in America, yes. And we, is that right? No. But at the same time, we do have to be careful with this whole concept in, in Western Europe as well as in America um, to, not, to not just let us be, um, let us admit people in droves who do not have the same cultural norms and do not want to change to fit our norms. Well, um, Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your Terrorist Therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your Terrorist Therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist.
Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.